And when we get behind closed doors, when she lets her Thousand East Stand, episode one two six, and it's me Gary P, and of course the Prof Car Riley. We're back. We are back. On so all, on all good platforms, Gary. On every platform there is. SoundCloud, Spotify, countless other apps. The whole lot. But we're still on on Apple Podcasts, by the way. We're back, are we? We're, we're did, officially back. Did we ever leave? I I couldn't find us. I couldn't find us at all. Because someone sent the link the link last week, and we are on it. It's weird, isn't it? They're je- like a jealous lover, Apple. <laughs> Uh, yes, we're still sponsored by Ocean Electrical as well. Um, they are available for all your electrical needs, and uh, yeah, you can get in touch with them, uh, Ocean Electrical, uh, on Facebook or get through us or any other information you need. Contact us, and Mr. Craig Mann will look after you. Electrician extraordinaire. So uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna put our Player of the Year series on hold for a few weeks. We think we might have had enough of that. But we definitely have some more coming up. Uh, we've got three different interviews coming your way today. First, you'll hear from Chris Andrews, a Sinn Féin TD and a Rovers fan. We might be putting people off already, Prof. <laughs> we said we'd never go down the political route. And then you'll hear from Leo O'Reilly. Um, he played for Rovers in the 50s and there's a special edition of the Members' Corner with Jörg Strehler from Germany. Excellent pronunciation there. Strehler. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, Gary, we've got a shinner, a cult, and a kraut. Hey, is that what you did there? <laughs> is kraut? Is that like, do they mind being called krauts? I looked it up. Apparently, it's not completely considered derogatory. And actually, Didi Hammond referred to himself as I a did, kraut I noticed that actually, on Twitter. Yeah. So that gave me the green light. So what's our version of that? What, what, what's the Irish version of that then? Well, it's, it's, it's an English slang, I think, they came up with. I so think, yeah. whatever the English call us, paddies. <laughs> um, Civis the interview so you got it right prof do you hear me mm-hmm, I did Civis and the Connor Foley aka Barry Bear team song went down well last week um, best song of all time should be a number one hit <laughs> I heard your missus was loving it ah, she, she was cracking up anyone I showed us I thought it was hilarious no matter what Barry Bear is out there somewhere daydreaming how to spend his 300 euro on plus you right now yeah I don't think he'd be getting the 3 I think he'd be getting the 2 you know only the hard workers like me and you would be getting the 300 quid how are you going to spend yours Gar? I don't know I might get a new Hoover I might go into the old power city get a nice cool espresso machine or something you know I might I might actually get an appliance for the house it's well deserved for these 3 months you spend on the front line front line hashtag front line workers big dick he got a nice send off with a fantastic turnout, and Rovers players attend the funeral to former guard of honour. So, um, uh, rest in peace, Big Dick. Yeah, for our, our show last week, we used a collage of all Big Dick's photos, and I think my favourite one might be it was on the left side, where he's getting off the plane in Russia. Oh man, it's like an album cover, <laughs> isn't it? it just, I don't know if it was snowing, but it just looked absolutely freezing, and he's there in a shirt. The trademark bandana. Just classic big deck. Deadly. 
definitely it's like his, his, his debut album from Russia with Love ah, you <laughs> like that see what I did um, yeah an accelerated roadmap has seen most of phase 4 uh, of the restrictions brought forward to phase 3 so starting June 29th what's your thoughts on this prof I only have one thought on this thank Christ yeah. the barbers have reopened yeah. or they're about to on Monday do you see this shambles I could, up, I could upon have my scalp right now? I could have done a little scissor job on it. Absolute shambles. <laughs> I was I was booking my barber there on uh, Friday. Were you going through an app? I think it was. No. Yeah, Booksy or something, isn't it? It's called. No. And it was like, do you know when, you're, when people are on Ticketmaster waiting to get tickets for like electric <laughs> picnic? That's what I was right. I was like hovering over my keyboard. Just waiting to... Trying s- to get your slot swoop in there but uh yeah crowds are going to be allowed back uh 500 i think outdoor gatherings from september or is, or is that soon i'm not too sure or is I'm that not, honestly i'm i'm just I'm, I'm floating along at this stage i'm not even paying attention to it i'm just keeping me uh i think that was brought, brought forward too actually yeah 500 allowed outdoors that's in the next 200 place. indoors isn't it something not 50 indoors 200 outdoors something along the lines of that um yeah, so the big news, FAI meeting, uh, they wanted to present their restart package, it was a disaster initially, so it was described as heated, to say the least, but meetings in the days that followed were more cordial, and then a government lifeline increased the pot, it looks like we're coming back on July 31st, it's possibly be announced this week, but nothing yet as we're recording, so we had uh, the big fallout with Kelleher, <laughs> the Pats, um, sugar daddy, he's not... <laughs> He's not outspoken though, and all of a sudden he's lashing them out of it in the media. He's never, never involved in the media whatsoever, and then all of a sudden, these guys who were there a wet day are a massive failure. It's a strange one to me. It's a strange one to me for them to be labelled a failure for something that they're going in to genuinely try and improve mm. off their own backs. Fair enough, there could be a financial play, but it seems to me that they're going in there wholeheartedly and have good intentions and Kelleher possibly may have had a spa with one of them I'm hearing Mr Owens seen personal and seems like per- seems personal yeah consider so, the absolute mess that Quinn and Owens have been left with exactly I mean what have they done that's been so bad for him to come out with a public statement and criticise him I do agree with him in one sense I think get out of club <laughs> I think Quinn's positives I didn't I wasn't at the meeting but it seems like his his sort of promises were sort of too enthusiastic. They were Point the sky too stuff. bigged up, and they didn't match up what was actually presented. So I can kind of see what we're saying there. But what about the request to give up part of the euro money? That was a shambles as well. It's can you compare it to this? Like, let's say we weren't frontline workers and saving the country, which we are. Uh, well, let's say we were off for a couple of weeks, and we're gonna start. Back on July 31st, job range on the 30th and says, Do you want to start work? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, give us two grand. You're like, What? Like, yeah, yeah, we need two grand for you to come back to work. Isn't that the same thing that they're doing? They're like, Yeah, give us 100 grand. Rovers, you want to play football? Well, give us 100 grand. It's like bribery, really. Blackmail. Even if, even if that had just been done, the that- fact that was actually proposed, wasn't it? <sighs> this happened. That our own governing body asked us for money. If that had just been done dark and balls, I'd have said no. 
absolutely say no. Because it's ridiculous. Because these, these clubs have factored in this prize money into their annual budget. Ah, it's well spent. It's spent before it's even in the coffers. <laughs> he asked for money. And, but here's the thing, though. Where did the other, where's the money come from now? Is that a is that a government thing? Has they given yeah. the government given us money? It's that government's uh, right. injection or whatever. Or were they just holding back a chance in their arm? But it's been it's been a messy couple of weeks, isn't it? It's, it's there's been no progress really, just from be- what we could see. Just before that meeting, the FBI had a meeting themselves, and they rejected a proposal to put up two point five million into the restarting the league. Why? I don't know. So they didn't want to put money in. They didn't want to put money they didn't, in. They couldn't agree on the vote. We really need a bloody coup in there, don't we? And consider Robbie Keane's payoff. That would have single-handedly paid for this restart. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, so, no FAI Cup prof, so does that mean, like, we get two years to, to laud it over our hmm. rivals? Longest reigning holders of all time. <laughs> yes, statistically. <laughs> Well, their argument is that it saves calendar space and it saves three hundred grand, but I, I oh. wouldn't. No, I'd hate to scrap the FAI Cup. I'd hate it. Yeah, I'm sure there has to be an avenue there for us to restart the FAI Cup. I don't see it as any sort of hindrance. It's become like a six-week tournament now. Should just, they cram it into a just, couple? Yeah, they cram it into six weeks as it is. Like it's just rushed in the last couple of months. Like, is it that big a deal? Yeah, three hundred thousand euros is a lot of money, but. But apparently we can decide to do this because UEFA are not interfering with the mechanics of each association. And there's precedent already because in, in the Netherlands, their season ended prematurely and their cup final didn't go ahead. It was between Feyenoord and uh, Utrecht. So the actual cup final was decided on the participants? Like the two teams were decided in the cup final? Well, no, they reached the cup final. It wasn't played. Feyenoord and Utrecht. So Willem Tway got the Europa League place. Oh, that's based, based on their league position. I don't agree with that. Surely they could play that game. Imagine us getting to the final, and then you're told no, you don't play, and then a team whose league position warrants a European place, they get Europe, but because you don't play, the oh that's that's mental. That's crazy. You'd go mad, wouldn't you? It looks like the Super Cup is is definitely being binned. That saves two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, and uh, so that's not much of a loss, is it? Yeah, they should we should play the Presidents Cup instead, since some people still have tickets. Yeah, there is. Yeah. You, do you, you no, you sold your <laughs> sold to the gap. Sold to the gap. Yeah, so play the Presidents Cup, and Darian Balls can play in the Vice Presidents Cup. And that's practically a Super Cup. Full of ideas. <laughs> the Vice Presidents Cup. <laughs> What about streaming? I've heard that, I think it was Dundalk was, we're talking about, the streaming games would be a fiver. Do you think that's underpriced? Well, from a, from a club that, how, how much did they, did they no, donate in their GoFundMe? There's no way they're paying for, for streams. No, but I mean in general, if if the FEI launched this stream and it's a fiver a game. Yeah, we'd pay it though. Hmm. If there's no option. There's no other option. And you, the only way you can watch that game is via stream we're all going to pay it like, the likes of me and you but there are some people out there who probably probably might not do it I think it should be at least 10 I'd pay a tenner easy same as going to a game we could just pay 10 quid easy I mean how much was the Cyprus one I think it was 8.99 it was mm. well worth it 
But by just saying a fiver, you're not saying like our league is not of high enough quality for you to pay a tenner. I'd pay a tenner easily, and to pay a fiver, to even charge a fiver would be uh, dumbing it down, to say the least. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so uh, we've an interview coming up now, and we have Sinn Féin TD and Rovers fan Chris Andrews. Yeah, Chris was uh, in the media recently, and I saw him in a couple of papers where it kind of said... Oh, he's a self-proclaimed Rovers fan or something. It's, kind of, it's almost like drawing doubt on him being a Rovers fan. <laughs> I had a quick look at his Twitter and I found a picture of him at Wayside Celtic away in the 2013 Dennis of Senior Cup. And you if, just thought, yeah, that's my guy. If that's not dedication. That's I my guy. I <laughs> don't know what is. But, uh, but yeah, here's Chris. So Chris, uh, tell us... How did you get into following Rovers and do you remember what your first game was? Well, I I suppose I, I, I grew up in Dundrum, so it wasn't far from uh, Milltown and, and uh, I used to go up and down, walk up and down or go up with a few friends and watch matches. So I was born in 64, so I suppose from about 70, early 70s, I was going to matches. My dad brought me down my uncle Hugh and uh, we we uh, I suppose got got the taste for it then and then went into like a, a lot of young lads selling programs outside and uh, at different stages climbing over the back wall and when, when I think it was better crack doing it that way so you <laughs> fond memories actually, of Milltown you would have you would have uh, experienced yeah, Milltown right in the flesh yeah absolutely yeah sure, I remember the the, the pitch Vividly, just the the, uh, the little dip down at the goal. You know, there was a little dip. Was that was that Harry Kenny's corner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to hide down behind it. I think <laughs> that size. And uh, I suppose I, I wouldn't be like Justin Mason now. I wouldn't be the memory man or anything like that. But uh, you know, I have great memories. And and uh, I remember doing my transition year project. I went to New Park Comprehensive out in Newtown Park Avenue, and and. I did my transition year project on Shamrock Rovers and it was a time when uh, Alan O'Neill was in goals then and, and uh, I think John Giles was involved at that stage. And uh, so, yeah, so it was, it was, and I, I think I remember at the, in under the, the stand, they had a big uh, bar area, lounge area and I had my 18th birthday in there. It was black. It the was all club. painted mad black. I don't know if you remember that. It was it was all mad black and uh, the walls were painted black and I think that was just to hide the dirt. But accumulation. So I had great, yeah, I had great, great, uh, great times there. And and uh, Liam Buckley was in his at his peak there in 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 uh, Rovers Alan Campbell and all you know. So that was kind of my would be my memories. Uh, of of uh, good memories, you know, of of and just the sociability. It's like soccer in general, football in general. It's just the social element. I played a bit of football myself, and and uh, although I was crap at it, but I enjoyed it, and and uh, you know, enjoyed. I just enjoyed this, you know, the the social side of it. I enjoyed the, you know, the banter and the slagging and the, you know, the talking about it afterwards for months afterwards and reunions and all that it's great you know yeah so we're just on the topic of players there you spoke about a couple of them um who are your favorite ever rovers players and something that me and the prof always try and 
we, we can't really experience it because we we weren't around is the partnerships oh, that existed in the 80s the striking <laughs> partnerships in the 80s is something that we really would have loved to have seen but uh, tell us your favourite ever Rovers players or well, combinations I think, I think yeah I think it has to be uh, Liam Buckley I remember and and he, he you know he hit a head of the ball he was he was he was just had a certain style about him you know I just thought he was I suppose he was one of my heroes at the time and, and uh, you know and I think that, that he's always handled himself well he presents himself well and, and uh, he's someone I would uh, have liked and himself and Alan Campbell were there I know uh, Bugby had two stints at um, uh, Liam had two stints at, at Rovers but but uh, I would uh, yeah it'd be Buckley and Campbell I always liked Alan O'Neill and goals I, I suppose when I did my transition year project it was really nice he used to give me a lift out to some of the games and he was always someone that you know he's just a decent bloke and I just got on well with him and I you know I was obviously younger than him and, and uh, he was very decent so but I think Campbell and, and Buckley would have been mine I remember just even just crosses coming in and Buckley heading him into the corner of the net you know it was it was, it was, uh, it was a trademark was it? it was good yeah it was yeah for me in my memory now I don't know whether that's actually in reality you know your, your your memories can be different from the reality but in my memory that was uh, yeah he was he was quality do and, you forgive uh, him for calling us shams in a, yeah, in a recent yeah. Sligo programme yeah I know yeah but I suppose you know, you know these things happen in football and I'm sure he doesn't think that for a minute really you know yeah yeah I'd like to think he doesn't anyway well you represent the Rings End to the march at the Aviva, Sta- at the Aviva Stadium so it must have been special for you and give us your cup yeah, final day memories yeah. well I suppose Rings End founded uh, our Rovers were founded in Rings End in 1899 and, and uh, there's the, the plaque there and I know the, the pride of Rings End have great you know have great support and you know great uh, involvement in Rovers and and bringing people over and you know encouraging football and encouraging Shamrock Rover support and the buzz there on, on, on that day for the cup final was unbelievable it really was unbelievable it was you know it was a great occasion and and, uh, and the horse was pretty impressive compared to the last time there was a horse and I think it was a donkey you know? I, think horse. Horse. I think they spray painted him white <laughs> <laughs> I swear I've seen that horse a black horse, horse with that like that since then but uh, yeah and it was great it was a great atmosphere and the match was unbelievably it was just it was it was hard to, it was hard to uh, it was just so nervous and you thought when when we went up when we scored that was the winner you couldn't think, see them getting back into it and Jesus Dundalk like the quality team they are they did uh, and it was like oh jeez I, I have to say I thought it was all over and you have to hand it to the lads to keep their heads up I know they were a bit flat for a little bit at the start but you know the the, the re- reset but they did unbelievably well and uh, to keep their heads up keep going and just rebuild and then get the winners the penalties and all it was unbelievable you know it was uh, it's, it was a great day and it was a relief I suppose after so long not winning anything you know yeah it's it, it was such a drought for so many years and even when when Duffy slammed home that that, uh, that, that strike it just thought oh, do you know what it's, we're done we're dusted but when we came yeah. out in, in extra time we are fantastic and give us your give us your like what your memories of after the game was there a few points to be had 
Well, it, it was a bit of a blur, really. I, <laughs> I'm not a drinker. I don't drink. And uh, so I know I'm us- unusual among Shamrock Rovers supporters in that I don't drink. So, uh, But it was great. The atmosphere around town was unbelievable, around Ring's End and all. It was, it was like a fiesta. It was like, a, you know, yeah. it was... It was great and, and uh, just everyone was on a high and, you know, it was great to see, it was great to see the lads, you know, who've, like, I, I, I'm a supporter, but I wouldn't be hardcore. I know my cousin, Mick Andrews, he'd be hardcore. He goes, like, every, every you know, time and Declan, my other cousin, his brother, Declan, you know, they're fantastic supporters and they'd be like ultras and whereas I'd be a regular supporter, but I wouldn't be like, fanatical like the lads and it's great and so it's great to see the likes of Mick and Declan and all celebrating and you know people supporters who you know give their lives to Rovers it's unbelievable and and it was great for them and to see them celebrating and it was just lovely you know Speaking of fanatical you have friends with Jim Toner and he's a friend of the Ah, show so any funny stories from going to the games with Jim on his magical bus yeah, but Jim is great on, on a whole range of issues and, and I know he's very involved with the, the Gaza kids to Ireland, you know, when we brought the kids over. Yeah, Daniel, yeah, that was a great Daniel time. Daniel yeah. Robinson and all that, you know. Uh, it was great and, and uh, you know, Mero as well were supportive and Jim is great in terms of supporting uh, projects like that and, and uh, you know, it's not just... You know, Rovers. He's he has a lot of issues around social issues that he he highlights, and he's great. And uh, but yeah, he was very supportive, of it. and and uh, hopefully we'll have them back soon. You know, I know obviously with the coronavirus has knocked them knocked them back. We had planned it to bring the kids back this year, and uh, but unfortunately that obviously won't happen. And uh, hope, but hopefully next year we'll we'll resurrect that project and and. Uh, and Jimmy and Mero and all and Danielle will be involved again because they're f- unbelievable and Rovers the club itself was was really supportive and uh, you know they've been very supportive of, of the project overall so and uh, yeah so it's but yeah we've good memories and Rovers are a great club I suppose like a lot of clubs now Rovers are more than just a football team they're you know community club and they do so much in the community I know that the period prop period poverty project uh, by homeless period Ireland uh, they supported as well and and uh, so I suppose Rovers are more than just a, a football team they're a club and they're a cornerstone of the community now which is 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 a, you know it's something that has developed over the last 10 years 15 years I think yeah it's something that we we should really throw our we should really throw ourselves into big time and it is we've appointed a community officer and there's, there's so much more that we're being involved with now, but tell us, you actually went to Gaza. So, so t- did, yeah. tell us about I that. Went, well, I went, uh, I went, I went a couple of times. Uh, once, actually, went a few times, and uh, once I got through on one of the flotillas, the boats, we yeah. got through, and then uh, we spent a few days there and came back. Although I wouldn't be great on on boats now, and I was uh, sick all the time, but. <laughs> And then another time then we were nearly through and the Israelis uh, arrested us and uh, took us off. They power hosed the boat, cleared the boat off and then arrested us at gunpoint and, and, and uh, brought, put us into a jail in, in Ashdod uh, in, the, in a port city in Israel. And we were there for a week. There was 14 of us. And, uh, so you spent a week in Israeli prison? Yeah, and they were telling us that we, we'd entered the country illegally even though we'd been brought there by, literally by... 
you know, armed at gunpoint, literally. Now you had for about six, seven hours while we were being brought into into land, into the Ashdod, the port. We had, the, you know, those little red dots that the yeah yeah go, the sites were, were on us. Yeah, Trevor Hogan was there and and Fitton Lane and Zoe and all that, and and uh, we were just sitting around, and each one of us had a, a gun on us for the entire journey, you know. And uh, then they kept us for a week and then deported us. And then I went in. Uh, I went in through Egypt then, and we got in. And I worked with the Palestinian Centre for Human Rights. So I was there for about four months, five months, working, uh, like I say, in, in a uh, advocacy group for for Palestinian rights in the Gaza Strip. And and they're mad into football. They love football. They love. Uh, and I brought over a, a couple of um, uh, bags of jerseys, Rovers jerseys. That uh, that, uh, that that I've been given, and, and uh, so there's loads of kids running around now with Shamrock Rovers jerseys, <laughs> and that's uh, the club gave the club gave some of the jerseys from old uh, underage teams. So oh yeah, the ones that were just hanging around, yeah. So just let yeah. me let me get this clear: you you got arrested in Israel, you had automatic machine guns pointed at you with laser sights, and then you decided to sneak in through Egypt after being deported. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, well, I went in. Yeah, yeah, I went in a different way. I went in the back door, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, but they're mad into the football, and football is great because everybody enjoys football, even if your language isn't great. I used to play a five-a-side over there, and a couple of times a week. And you know, even though you wouldn't have the same language, you know, football is an international language, yeah. and uh, it, it helps you build ties and make connections, and you know, get on, you know, understand people and. So it builds that bond between different people. So it was great, uh, great experience. And, and uh, you know, I like to think that I'm maintaining that solidarity with the Palestinians. And like I say, with Mero and, and Jim, Toner helping us and, and Danielle, we're, we're maintaining that solidarity with the Palestinian community mm-hmm. who have a lot of, I suppose, similarities with Ireland and, and uh, the, the bigger neighbour, you know, yeah. aggressive, bigger <laughs> neighbour. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's really, well, it, it, it was a great experience and it was an interesting experience and I'd love to go back there again, but we'll see see what happens in time, you know. So are there any other Rovers fans in Sinn Féin or in the Dáil or in politics that you know of? Um, I suppose they... they, they uh, Charlie is one of them. Charlie O'Connor, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Sean Crow, obviously, of course. Dermot Richardson, jeez, he's like he's at every match. He's up there in the corner, that stand there. Just when you come in the in the gate, he's oh, always yeah, sitting yeah, up there. Know, Dermot, yeah, and uh, he's uh, yeah, he's uh, like he's hardcore and uh, yeah. So and it was great for like to him. I met him down there and on Cup Final day, and and uh, we had a great laugh you know and it was a good great atmosphere and so yeah Dermot's a great uh, supporter there's no other closet hoops out there no I can't think of any anybody now uh, I suppose people support their local community so you know like Rory O'Murakou would support them Doc and, and uh, you know the, 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 I suppose Jonathan O'Brien he, he he's obviously he's not a TD anymore but he, he he was very involved with uh, Cork. Yeah, yeah, he's very and, outspoken uh, now as well. I like uh, him. I, I like him on Twitter now. To be honest, he's he's very outspoken. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he, so I suppose we support, you know, the clubs where we were. 
brought up and involved with it from younger, you know. Yeah, but they say football and politics don't mix. So has being a hoop ever helped or hindered you in a situation, the political world, and and likewise anyone at a football game ever treated you differently because of your party? No, no. I don't. I think that. Um, I don't think being involved in fo- football or sport or anything does any harm. But. Uh, Possibly the other way around, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, hell, yeah. It doesn't do any harm. I think that you know, help. Like I say, I'd be involved with the Pride of Rings End. We used to have the. They used to run the uh, the five sides down there in in the Irish Town Stadium, and they were they went well. Uh, and and uh, so I think generally being involved with football is a, is a positive. Really, I know when I played football, you know, is it. it didn't you know you were too busy kicking people, or I was tr- too busy trying to catch up with people to, to be yeah. talking about football? You know, but um, no, I don't. I don't think it's. I think it's a good thing to be involved. I think it's an important thing because, like I was saying, you know, clubs are now part like cornerstone of the community, and they're very involved within the community. So it's very important for political representatives to be involved with football. So you know they understand and and they see where. The community is at, and and where they want to be at, and and uh, be involved with that community. I think it's important to to support football and support the League of Ireland, and and uh, you know. So I think it is important to be uh, a, a involved with football. I think it's a good thing. Not everybody's into football. Some are into rugby and whatever. And yeah. I think you know whatever sport you're into, I think it's important to be involved in that. I think, but like I say. The League of Ireland clubs are really, and, and Rovers are, are leading the way in terms of the underage structures and out in Roadstone and all that. And, and uh, you know, they're really leading the way in terms of underage development and community development. And, and I think that's got to be a positive for the club and for the community. So it's a win-win for everybody, really. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree now. But a couple of weeks ago, we Jim Fain, who wrote to Sports Minister Shane Ross, to say a two million kickstart solidarity grant from the state was required for the League of Ireland. And Rory O'Murk, who, another TD, he was very vocal. He said it's important that this money is paid directly to the clubs and not absorbed into the black hole of the FAI's finances. Time is of the essence. So is there a mistrust of the FA board, FAI board, even with new blood. I do you know what? That's I was I was thinking about that and just to say yeah we we met I met with um, Niall Quinn and Gary Owens yesterday. Oh, very good. Uh, in relation, just around that around that very issue and the allocation of the funds, and I suppose we wanted to make sure that the funding does go to the clubs. That uh, there is uh, around ten million going to the FAI, and the clubs were looking for obviously. FI has a lot of uh, bills to pay, and uh, it's important that the League of Ireland clubs get their share of that. And uh, I think we're looking at two million going to the clubs, which I think will be well. It's essential because if the clubs don't get funding, they will go out of existence. That's the reality. Like there's no club uh, can can survive without. Play, without fans coming through and 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 uh, cash flow, clubs need cash flow and fans are cash flow. So they need the, the 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 money. They need the funding, and the government, in fairness, have committed to doing that through uh, Sports Ireland. And then they, Sports Ireland will allocate it to um, the FAI, and the FAI then allocate it to uh, the clubs. So who's in so, charge of the allocation within the FAI? Do we know that? Uh, but the FAI uh, 
themselves, Gary Owens and Niall Quinn, have said they'll be overseeing that. I asked that about the oversight, uh, and and they said they will be overseeing that. Uh, and and, uh, and will they be deciding Gavin, how much each club gets? Well, my un- my understanding from the conversation we had yesterday is every club will get the same. Okay. Uh, and that that it's sports. How how it's um, because I was asking about you know about the the um, street live streaming. So they're going to take on the the they're going to put in place the infrastructure for live streaming, and that the clubs will be able to offer that live streaming facility to supporters, season ticket holders. So it'll be a kind of um, it, 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 so season ticket holders will get it for either for nothing or for a very reduced rate. Yeah. Uh, to to offset the disappointment that, and and hopefully not look for a refund for for the entire uh, season ticket allocation, and and uh, so that's my my understanding. But that um, Sports Ireland will put in place criteria for the allocation of the funding to clubs so the clubs will have to meet certain criteria uh, to get that funding and it's Sports Ireland will set down that criteria okay. and and and, and uh, the FAI then will administer it and, and oversee that and the, the meeting of that criteria. That's my understanding I'm not sure is that cl- am I, is, can you understand what yeah, I'm saying yeah, there? Yeah. It's just it makes sense to me. We're we're hoping that uh, it just goes smoothly more than anything because you know yeah. the FAO's reputation isn't exactly sterling. Well, yeah, and I have to say now it's probably not a popular point of view, but I do feel that the FAI is is it's getting a bit of unfair criticism. Now, I know the new FAI, the new uh, people in in charge of the FAI. First of all, I think that the government of very often using the FAI as a mudguard, so it protects them. It's like a at this at arm's length they deal with football and and uh, they use the FAI as that mudguard. So, also I think the FAI were left or they inherited the new FAI uh, people inherited a burning building. Oh, well, like was, the building was scorched, so they don't have money. So. Like that's why government had to intervene, and that's why we were calling on government to intervene. The FAI didn't have the money; they were left with, with like I say, with a, a burnt building, and it's very hard for them to pick up the pieces and rebuild that burnt down structure. Uh, and and it'll take time. And and uh, sometimes I do think, you know, obviously they're going to get some things wrong, some things right, but I think people automatically. Yeah, Garrett Kelleher in um, St. Pat's. Stinging criticism he, from him. Yeah, which which I find hard to take, right? So he's criticising the FAI. He's one of the most wealthy people in the country. And yet he let his, he wouldn't pay his, his players. Seven weeks now, eight weeks nearly, I think, without paying his players. All exactly. let go. So, and he's criticising the FAI. I think he's a cheek. Yeah, we 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 spoke about this earlier on before you came on, and we just thought to ourselves like it, it sounds personal. It sounds like he yeah, has pe- yeah. some well, some grudges. It sounds like it sounds like to me that he is looking either to an exit strategy out of the club, or like you say, it's personal. But yeah. because it doesn't make uh, sense for someone the wealthiest, one of the wealthiest people in the country, 
not to pay as players uh, and and you know leave them high and dry. Yeah, exactly. And then and and then he's criticising the it's it's classic deflection, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, so you know, and the trouble is that because of the reputation that the FAI has, it goes down well, you know. And and uh, but like that, so that would be an example of where I think you know the FAI come in for a bit of criticism that isn't always fa- fair. And and uh, you know, I think that. Uh, but the guys aren't you in know, there that long to be criticised like that, in my opinion. The current board, a bit of a chance. But, you know, I think they have to be given a bit of a chance. That would yeah. be my feeling on it. And and uh, you know, let's see what what happens and, and and challenge them. Yes, you know, question them. Yes, but listen to them too and yeah. see what they're doing because I suppose what what, what the FEI the uh, at the meeting yesterday the sense was that. They need to ensure that certain individuals and certain clubs don't try to commercialise and make a profit over the short term or medium term just for their own gain at the expense of football in Ireland. Yeah, I think you're, trying I think to ta- you're talking uh, about you're talking about a particular club with American <laughs> investors, possibly. Oh, I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> <laughs> But, but but that's I I suppose and in fairness the FAI are aware of that and and uh, that well that's the sense that I got and and only time will tell but I th- I think it's important like Rovers is a you know is is um, a fan base club and and uh, you know it it wouldn't be right to allow and and it's the same with the streaming the idea that one club with the American owners would be allowed to stream and sell then on and make a profit. You know, we as, as, as a, as a political party have to look to protect uh, the league for the communities. And I think Rovers are, are a good template for, for, uh, you know, progressing clubs and yeah, working with other clubs. And I know like Pat Totty did a, the, and, and, uh, What's I just, oh, what's his name? He did the the GoFundMe. Yeah, I yeah. just know Pat because he keeps sending me links to it. Yeah, sure for for the uh, and over twenty six, twenty seven thousand has been raised for, by the fans for Rovers. You know, but we're gonna end it on. A, uh, we're gonna and, end and it on a uh, really positive. We're gonna end it on a slightly lighter note, and we're informed. Done a bit of homework. We're informed that you're Ryan Tubbs's cousin. So has Tubbs oh, ever yeah. been to a game? You won't hold that against me now, will you? <laughs> <laughs> has Tubbs ever been to a Rovers game? I can imagine him in the South Stand win with the Ultras. He'd be hiding behind the poles. <laughs> you wouldn't see him. <laughs> well, listen, yeah. um, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that and you've been great, Chris, and we'll, we'll hope to see you in the South Stand soon, right? Absolutely, 100%. And thanks for you. I, I have to say I love the, the opening music clip or you know peace that you do every every podcast is great oh, there's a I message in every one of them must be, must be some of my age do putting those on yeah <laughs> it's a bit of a combined effort but the prof the prof loves a he loves a hidden, man, he loves his yeah, subliminals yeah. yeah well he must be he must be an older person in disguise <laughs> he's experienced alright yeah yeah so that was Chris and he was talking football and uh, politics a dangerous mix they don't always mix a dangerous mix, prof. Yeah, so there's been some new content on the Rovers website. Carol interviewed Liam Scales. Well, Robert Goggins interviewed Robbo on how the academy program has been doing. So they trained and they kept the routine during the three months. Yeah, that was an excellent piece. 
Robbo said that they had a Zoom meeting with 284 parents. That's a lot of parents. That's outrageous. 284. <laughs> everyone just talking in the background. Jaden's been keeping himself amused with Street League, which is great cracking. Delighted to see because we used to do it years ago. So the, the, the likes of Arrow and his LSD, they'll be all playing against other ones and it gets tribal at times. Yeah, in the piece itself, there was links to to some of the drills that the kids did like the under 10s under 9s whatever so yeah worth checking out it's mm. good stuff there was a replay of the infamous Rovers versus Sport and Fingal game on Air Sport as well and it brought me back to the actual like I still remember this vividly vividly just looking at it going is this real is, is yeah. this real life Like I remember it more vividly than the cup final and the break game yeah it's insane and I just thinking back on it now and the silence we, we'll never forget it but, never forget the silence but anyone who actually uh, sat down and wa- re-watched that that's cat and nine tail stuff yeah. that's just, I'm just going to whip myself in the back here for <laughs> an hour and a half masochists mm. they showed the she showed Galway versus Bowles from 2010 a few weeks earlier but the it wasn't two. no but it wasn't the 3-2 one it was just some random one in the summer apparently it was a strange one to show wasn't it uh, yeah, it was. It was. A, it was a crazy, crazy match. And Price, Price put his hands up for that one, didn't he? On the, on the interview, and that he we did. did yeah. Um. Yeah. So Royce's all-time eleven was as follows. Stephen Royce, he had Manus and goals. So he went for a three. What do you go for? A three, four, one, two. Yeah. So we've got Manus, Avery, Flynn, and Murray. With Flynn are making it in there with uh, what? What's what do they call uh, Murray? Moz. Yeah. Big big moles. We had Sully and Stevens as fullbacks. Uh, Bobby Ryan in the middle and Hunt, and then Doe just sitting behind the two strikers, which are Crow and Twig, which sounds horrendous together. <laughs> doesn't sound right, does it? it? Doesn't sound right at all. But Twiggy obviously making it into that squad, being the the legend that he is. Um, there was an article in the Echo about the need for better wheelchair facilities at Tallis Stadium, and somebody made a point there recently that we're there that long now and there's been three builds and the, the wheelchair access isn't amazing so it's something that needs to be looked at well, this is the fourth build over, fourth build yeah and hopefully they have 11 the, years yeah hopefully they have their, their their house in order when it comes to this it's actually ridiculous that we after all this time and all this building we still don't have a decent wheelchair facility up to the likes of Pat's which is grey Cork's grey Cork is grey because in Tata they're out in the elements, whereas those grounds like you know, Corkswood's covered, elevated and behind the away fans. You ever notice that? Yeah. So our heads will be at the where the where the wheels oh, yeah, start, yeah. like where at the where our wheels will be. But it's a uh, yeah, it's something that it's, it's like we said. It's hard to believe that there's this is the fourth build now, and the the facilities still aren't amazing. Mm. So plus a complaint I've often heard is that people are walking. Back and forth, and they're in the way, you know, because they're at ground level. So. Yeah, so you're, you're struggling constantly to see the game. So, hopefully, something that we can improve on. Uh, Dundalk are pushing for the points tally to be reset. So, play 18 games, not the remaining 13. So, what what's going on there? <laughs> wow. Seriously. Has anyone done that? And is there an appetite for it at all? And the thing is, as well, like, obviously, the ones with the bad start, Sligo. I don't don't that possibly, but they're only three points off the pace. Why would they want to restart? I would sympathise with Sligo though, because you're braced yourself for a thirty, 
six game season. Yeah, they always seem to go about eight weeks without a home games. Well, do you know what was that? Yeah, Sligo are consistently the worst starters in the league every season, and they thought they had whatever thirty games to save themselves. So now they'd only have thirteen. That is unfair in fairness. But how would? But then Doc in a title race are three points behind us so if we can't get like Sligo aren't going to agree to this so how do we how do we go about it if they're saying no might be majority does it have to be majority I'm I'm not sure but imagine so but uh, But what's the reason for Dundalk wanting to scratch everything the most successful club in recent years at least big financial backing and they're still behaving like absolute minnows they want to scratch uh, the three point lead like and they want to start from scratch makes no sense how can it make any sense like why would they want to do that it makes no sense maybe they're just fucking taking the piss but I don't I don't get that whatsoever we've been saying for a while that they're worried about us and this just just confirms it yeah definitely agree with you interestingly the running club ever went unbeaten in a season was Rovers twice in the 1920s and both were 18 game seasons Hey, oh, no way. Oh, 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 oh. the stats. Okay, so we have Leo O'Reilly coming up. One of Cold's Colts. So this is a, a throwback. And uh, we're going to talk to the prof caught up with him. And yeah, so here's Leo O'Reilly. So we'll go, go, go back to the beginning. Uh, your schoolboy club, St. Finbar's, was actually a Shelburne nursery. But it was That's ro- right, Jerry Doyle looked after Finbar's. But it was and he ended up uh, manager of Dundalk. He he, uh, he was manager when I was with Dundalk actually. They were they were a, a nursery for Shelbourne, you know. Th- that's in the schoolboys. I got a schoolboy international cap uh, with Bolton United. Yeah, we, we played uh, Wales in Cardiff. Indian Park in Cardiff. It ended a one-one draw. So that, that, that was my schoolboy. At that time too, I was uh, track racing, bicycle racing. You, you weren't aware of that. Yeah, you and your brother Seamus. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Seamus. Seamus, Seamus was uh, very good actually. He used to. Uh, he won 14 national titles, Seamus did. And, and I won uh, a youth cycle championship world. In the, in the tr- it was track racing we did. But uh, Seamus, Seamus, he, uh, he rolled up and did all uh, Guinness's ground up in Crumlin Road. But it was actually Shamrock Rovers you signed for in 1954 after you played at Milltown in the Lancer Senior game. So how did that uh, move come about? Athletic at that time, the Leicester Senior League, and uh, I was I was only a young fella there. My uncle actually had me play with Rap Minds Athletic, and we played uh, Shamrock Rovers B team up in Milltown. And seemingly, I impressed Rovers in some way or other, and uh, they signed me after that match. They they didn't. Uh, way too long actually it was within the next within the following week 
I was a Rose player. But I forget now what score we had with Rapmines, Athletic and Rose, but uh, I had a fair enough game there, all right, you know. But uh, that was, that was uh, Rapmines, Athletic. But that was my first taste of Milltown. So before you, you actually talk about playing for Robbers, you, you went into the B team. What was it like to be at Milltown in that era with those famous Colts Coast? Because fans could rattle off those 11 names. They were like celebrities. Uh, do you know what? I used to go up to Milltown to see them train. I was a great admirer of Paddy Code. To me, Paddy Code was the best player to ever play in the League of Ireland. If there was ever a, a canvas, he would be my number one for the best player ever to play in League of Ireland football. I idolised him. And to, to, I used to go up to see them training. And to think that I ended up playing with him, it was just, it was just marvellous for me. I couldn't believe it, you know, playing with Paddy Cole after going up to see him just see him in training, you know. He, he was a great player. And one thing about I learned one thing from him. I never saw him sound as a player. He was never booked. And I never saw him sound as a player. And that was one thing I said to myself. I tried to copy Paddy Code. And I played 13 years in the League of Ireland Premier Division without being booked. So that was a good record. That's an incredible record. I, but I put it down to Paddy Cole. I just tried to imitate him in some way or other. <laughs> so so that, that, was, that was it. So is that a surprise to you? I was never booked in football. It would be impossible nowadays. It's ordinary. You see them now and they're only getting touched. And they're rolling around and they're trying to get the players sent off and all that. That failed them, you know. But you're a, that, you're a regular goal scorer for the, the Robbers B team and you're obviously impressed, which led to your, your senior call-up. And you were still only a teenager at the time, so what do you remember from your debut in 55? Well, my debut was a dream debut uh, for Rose. Uh, we played on Dock up in Midtown. And I scored four goals. We beat, I think, yeah, we beat them seven three, and I scored four of the goals against Dundalk. I was later to play for Dundalk after, you know. But that was that was years after, you know. Yeah. But but uh, I always remembered my debut in in in, uh, in Milltown. My first match was in Milltown. And the very last match that I ever played was in Milltown. And that was, I ended up playing with Tullamore in the Leinster Senior League, or League of B Division. And we played, and that was my last match up in Milltown. So first and last match in Milltown. Lovely ground. It was a great atmosphere there. So moving on to the FEI Cup final, I know you were only the 12th man for that one, so you didn't get to play, unfortunately, but a few days later was uh, Paddy Cole's benefit match, and uh, some older Hoops fans still talk about this one today, the mighty Chelsea. Uh, 
came to Dublin only to be humbled by the, the Colts Colts so and you had a major role to play in this one so tell us about it well I, that's a great memory for me uh, because uh, Chelsea they had just won a league uh, English League Championship and they came over to, to play uh, it was a Paddy Cole benefit and uh, we played in Taylor Park Taylor Park was packed it was absolutely packed and uh, there was a great atmosphere there was always one thing I always remember and uh, that was at half time whoever whoever uh, do you know on the microphone when half time comes they start playing roll out the barrels we've got the blues on the road Chelsea plays in blue and uh, we were leading we were leading them 3-2. I scored two goals. I think it was uh, Liam Toon scored the other goal. But uh, that's one thing I always remember. Walking off the pitch at halftime and all the loudspeakers was playing out. Roll out the barrels. We've got the blues on the run. Strange, isn't it? And at half time, the fans gave you a, a huge ovation for that quick move and quick pass in football that Rowers were known for. You raced into a 3 0 lead. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rowers played brilliant. Brilliant in that. They played brilliant through the whole match. I, I remember when it came towards the last 10 minutes, I was knackered. I, I was really, really exhausted. I'd put everything in, into the game. And uh, I was I was uh, really exhausted, and uh, but we held out for a three-two win. That, that to me, it's it's still. I always think of that match with Chelsea because they they were a great side. And you were actually only a last-minute substitute for uh, Paddy Ambrose in that game. Right, yeah. Paddy Ambrose had played the, the day previously. Uh, I think it was against Denmark, but he, he was he was fairly knackered. He was now after the match, so he couldn't play the following evening on Monday. And I just walked. I I came up to uh, Damon Park. I was twelfth man. Uh, when I walked into the vision, I was just thrown a number nine shirt. <laughs> a number nine shirt was just thrown at me. Uh, I'm on, you know. I couldn't believe it, you know. It was a great surprise. Because <laughs> I, I hadn't expected to be playing at all. I was just reporting there as 12th man. But there, yeah, just... The shirt was just thrown at me, number nine jersey. So it turned out a great match. Yeah. I always remember Jerry Mackey. He, he uh, cleared the ball off the line in in the last minute of that game for us to win three two. I love I love this fact about the game that it was nineteen thousand at Daly Mount Park, which well, was actually I, higher than the Ireland International the day before, and this was a Monday early Monday evening. That's right. At Monday evening, it was always a Monday evening. I, I always remember it was a Monday evening but I'll tell you something uh, Carl there was more than 19,000 <laughs> they were squeezed in were they? 
there was a huge crowd. It was packed. Now I I I attend a lot of matches uh, in 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 Day and forty five thousand would be there. But to me that night it was even about that I'd say I'd say it was about twenty five thousand. And the it was, fact it was packed, completely packed. I was a regular goer to to matches in, in Taymouth. I always remember the League of Arms playing the English League and they had forty thousand and uh, it didn't seem much more than and well rare match with Chelsea was still packed to me. To me the ground was packed. So it was certainly more than nineteen thousand there. Obviously, Chelsea were a big attraction, but the fact that it was a early Monday evening, an exhibition game, and that many people came along, does that reflect the level of respect that the football public had for Paddy Code? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they tore down their droves. Uh, like, you had to respect Paddy Code. He, he was a marvellous player. Like I say, he was my number one player ever in League of Ireland football. Now, we, we we had some great players that played in League of Ireland, like uh, Rage Carter was here. He, he played in League of Ireland football. Gordon Banks, the goalkeeper, that England goalkeeper. He, he, but you can name any player, but to me, Paddy Cole was number one. And the, the crowds turned out in their droves that night. He, he was re- really much respected all around. Like apart from Brovers, the fans in general had great respect for Paddy Cole. To me, he was number one. So you won your first uh, league medal at Rovers in 1957. And Rovers were brilliant that season. They won 15 out of their first... 19 games the only defeat came on the last day the 22nd game so how proud were you to be part of that team uh, it was wonderful to be to, be, uh, to me apart from Paddy Cold my number one player after Paddy Cold would be Paddy Ambrose he was a lovely player great player now we, we I was hoping to take over from him because we were both centre forwards, but I always admired Paddy Ambrose. He was a lovely player and a, and a gentleman. Really, very nice man. By the time you uh, finished your League of Ireland career and hung up your boots, you'd won a medal from virtually every competition, barred the FEI Cup. So was that maybe the one regret? You didn't get that FEI Cup medal? I've heard uh, some 
something like that be re- repeated before and it never it never turned out it always turned out to be wrong when somebody said something like that but uh, jo- Johnny Fulham he, he was uh, with Shamrock Rovers he, he won the record number of FAI Cup medals I think he won seven do you remember Johnny Fulham? I know of him yeah he's a uh... He he had played the most games in Europe for Rovers until until Ronan Finn broke his record there recently. Uh, who broke recently? Ronan Finn. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're right there. Yeah, I've forgotten about that, Carl. Yeah, that that's right, Ronan Finn. So, so there you are. It's a strange world, isn't it? Mm. Records are dead to be broken anyway. Absolutely, they? yeah. But uh, you mentioned earlier that you were an Irish youth cycling champion, so you're something of a sports all rounder. Because after you retired, you mastered a pitch and putt. You won over two hundred tournaments, and you're actually inducted into the pitch and putt hall of fame. That that's right. Yeah, I I love the pitch and putt. I still play it. Believe it or not. Uh, at 85, I keep myself very fit. I, I I never drank. I never smoked. And my wife is a great cook. So they're, they're all the ingredients for, for a good life. <laughs> <laughs> I won that uh, the national championship in Pitchport in a nine-hole playoff. There was, a, there was a tie between myself and Mark Collins. Now, I'll tell you who Mark Collins was. Do you know Ronald Collins and the F and uh, Radio Aaron? He plays, he has a program, plays music. Yeah. Well, his brother, Mark Collins, when we played in the <coughs> Slow Play Championship World, we were tired. At the, at the regulations and we went out for a nine-hole playoff and I beat him uh, in the nine-hole playoff so, so that was Ronald Collins' brother Mark Collins so that was in a nine-hole playoff uh, I, I loved, I loved uh, the pitching part it was a great outlet and uh, it wasn't very time-consuming because now I played golf with Bolton Glass and I won a captain's prize down there in, in Bolton Glass but it was very time consuming you could, you could spend a whole day just travelling down to Bolton Glass playing around and going back in the evening whereas in Pitch and Put you could play three rounds in the one day and uh, I, I found that a, a great outlet it was, I, I loved the game in Pitchinport. You live in a uh, church town nowadays, is that right? I, I do, yeah. And you uh, uh, you come to Tata to see Roberts now and then. Had you been to any games this year before the league shut down? Well, me, me, me son is a season ticket holder with Sherlock Roberts. He, he goes with uh, a fella, he lives next door to me. And they they both have season ticket season tickets 
and there they go, they go all, all, every, every whole match. I, I try to get down to as many games as I can, but uh, it always, a lot, of, a lot of times it, it clashes with something or other, mainly pitch and put. <laughs> Not to tell you how much I love pitch and put. <laughs> yeah. were, you, were you happy that? Were you happy that Roberts finally won the cup for the first time in 32 years? Oh, delighted, delighted. Actually, I had an instinct, believe it or not, that Rose was going to win the FAI Cup this year. Before he even started at all, it was like a premonition. And I was going to, I was going to America to, 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 to Robert Goggins. I said, I was going to say to him, I had a premonition a Rose was going to win the FAI Cup this year. But I never got around to say, in case I was, I turned out to be wrong. But I just kept, kept it to myself. And uh, when it turned out, and, and it was dramatic fine finish, wasn't it? Oh, it was fantastic. The shootout. And uh, when it was all over, I said to myself, now I can talk about the premonition I had. But I had that feeling that uh, Rose was going to win the FI Cup this year. Strange, isn't it? Oh, you were dead right. Yeah, strange. Strange these things that appear to you kind of way, you know. Yeah, so Leo, um, some, some great stories there. The one about scoring two against Chelsea. And they had just yeah. been off the back of a championship win. That was pretty impressive. Well, that's arguably what he's best known for. Mm. You know, most players are known for, you know, a league game or a European game or something. He's essentially an exhibition. But it was a famous game. People still remember. And uh, the fact that he was only called in the last minute as well was quite funny. He ended up getting yeah. the, two, the two winners. or the two, Yeah, two yeah. goals. There you go. Our oldest ever guest on Tales from the East End. And what was he? A, yeah. s- a sprightly whop Oh, what's his age again? He said it, didn't he? 83. Well, he spoke very well. Probably the best. He's probably ousted Conor Cairns on that one. But, uh, yeah, first time he's spoken to someone who actually played in Colts Colts. First person to even see Paddy Cold play. Like, it's consider, consider show, this. Remember yeah. we did our all-time 11? Yeah. And we interviewed Peter Fitzpatrick. Who was, was no spring shaker. No offence to him. <laughs> he did not see Paddy Cold play. And this guy played with yeah, him. No, consider that. That's an achievement, actually, when yeah. you think about it. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't play against Man United in the European Cup, unfortunately. Maybe that's the next step here. We have to get someone who played in that game. Fortunately, only a few are still alive. We'll track them down. But uh, yeah, I had to make that call on a. Sorry, just let me check my notes. A landline. <laughs> yeah. A landline. Yeah. I actually have a landline. And she uses it to ring her ma. <laughs> that is all. The own, whenever my landline rings, it's her mother. It's simple. I don't know why they don't just talk on the regular phones, but that's it. I actually get annoyed now when my landline rings. I'm like, who, who, is, who this? is this? Yeah, I used to remember your number as well. <laughs> Off, it's, always, it's always one of those things that's stuck in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Like who, who's ringing me? It's either some, some. Actually, do you know what? The only other person, people that ring it, are spammers. And they're like, hello, Gary. Um, this is us from like some generic maintenance name. 
Oh like, yeah, oh, PC yeah. Is, that, is that right? Yeah, you want me to turn my laptop on? Is it? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Hold on, I always wind them up. But I, I was looking it up, and apparently they, it doesn't matter how long you're on the phone. Like apparently, that usually they'd be like, oh, the longer you're on the phone, the more the more they're gonna get it. That makes no sense, right? So I just kind of wind them up, like, oh, turn it on now. Yeah, it's on. It's on. Are you sure it's on? Oh yeah, it's on. It's on. Yeah. Do you want, do you want me account details? Oh yeah, just wind them up. <laughs> Great crack. Had them on for about twenty minutes. I think the last time I had them, I I just kept asking them what what the name of his company was and what his website was and what the address was. Yeah, he just started getting really upset. It's like we're a real company. Turn it around. I swear. Yeah. Back to Leo. Um, three league winners medals with three different clubs. Not many yeah. pairs can say that. Robbers, yeah. Robbers, Limerick, and Dundalk. Can you think of anyone yeah. else? Oh, there is Bendy in the modern age. All right, Joey and Dover. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. Um, 106 goals in all competitions so he won't make that official all-time league top goalscorers list because they were in various cup competitions but still that's, that's an achievement I asked my dad do you remember Leo and he just goes yeah and I said what do you remember about him and he said red hair <laughs> okay yeah. that's why he's recognisable in the papers he's described as a fiery haired youngster you know the famous Paddy McCord hat trick oh the one against Bray so this was in May 2005, right? A half time of that game, who was rolled out? As a, as a guest of honour type thing? Yeah, for the 50th anniversary of sure, the Chelsea game. Surely it wasn't Leo. Leo O'Reilly no was brought way. out. And the fans showed their appreciation for the, the hero. And that same night, Paddy produced one of the most spectacular individual performances ever seen. Best hat-trick ever. It was like the stars aligned. Best hat-trick of all time. Not every league, <laughs> ever. Jesus Christ, it was stunning. It's still on YouTube mm. as well, so check it out. Well, one was only a penalty, but the other two were just outrageous. <laughs> yeah, so we've UEFA, they announced the dates for the European qualifiers and we'll be in action on August 27th and September 17th if we get through and it's only one leg and a draw to determine who gets home advantage. So flip of a coin, prof... Rock, paper, scissors, fucking whatever way you want to do it. That's pretty much it. Uh, this prompted an update from the Bowles Board of Management. Under the proposals, Bohemian's first qualifier will take place on Thursday, August 27th. We will find out our opponents and who has home advantage a week earlier. This is not what we envisaged back in October when a defensive masterclass saw Bowles claim. And it'll all draw away to St. Patrick's Athletic. And with it, qualification for Europe for the first time in eight years. That's that's real. That's a real statement on a club website. Defensive masterclass. No, just present it without comment. <laughs> no comments. But, um, um, I wonder if yeah. anyone will be talking about this on any certain websites. But one of the worries, <laughs> one of the worries about our league not coming back in time compared to other summer leagues was you you'd hate to go into this tie and we wouldn't be match fit. Or at least not as match fit as we our were opponents. predicting. Well, I was predicting that this would this European game would be our first competitive game back, mm. which could be a fucking a disaster. Depends on how fit we mm. are, and the fact that our feeling's gonna be away. <laughs> Do you ever get yeah. that feeling? Like the feeling you have every year that we're going to Latvia. <laughs> yes, that feeling every time. I think as uh, you just want to go to Latvia. I just want to go to Latvia. <laughs> I think it's just uh, 
Jason Maloney seems to have is is uh, on the ball most of the time, but he reckons the regionalised draw this time round would have us somewhere really close, which mm. would probably work in our favour. Is this the usual regionalised thing though, which isn't really regionalised? No, <laughs> Iceland. Child Belarus in there yeah. for some reason. But uh, it's getting giddy now thinking about the prospect of a European trip. Like, mm. let's let's do out a couple of let's do out a couple of scenarios. Like, let's say we get two home draws, and we get through. Would you take two home draws to scalp a European trip? Like, of course, this, yeah. yeah. Like you, you, all day, two big European nights, and then a big away one. Mm. Oh man, I'd love it. I see a lot of people booking the week off for that twenty uh, seventh. Well, imagine it was just the home leg, and that's it. I reckon I'll have food poisoning that weekend. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think I'll be great. Be hitting the old doctors for the old doctors now. Uh, yeah, so it's it's all excitement now at the minute when we're thinking about playing in Europe. Um, other bits of news: we uh, Greenblood on Twitter has a copy of the Alte Sport nineteen ninety eight Intertoto Cup on VHS. Want so VHS for all you cool cats out there. It's a actual it's a square thing. Mm-hmm. It's got loads of film in it. Put it in a VHS player video videotape and it plays actual TV footage yeah if you want to talk more about it just ring me on my landline <laughs> just not while we're on the internet because the dial up remember the noise <laughs> I remember, I remember it well. <laughs> that was actually a good impression of it Um. yeah so surely that's easily transferred over isn't it you make a DVD about it. Is the, are the goats being slaughtered on that it says on the tape, Aldi Spar versus Rovers, so I presume it's the away leg. Yeah, so hopefully some goat's blood. But actually, I'd love to see the home leg too, because that was, that was a fame. It was a win, albeit we lost in aggregate. Yeah, but yeah. It's a famous game. Uh, in other news, we have Gavin Bazunu's dad is now a driver in our job, so the on post Rovers alliance mm. grows even stronger. And Mr. Green, me, we shared a moment before when we were mm. lobbing curry chips at. Vinnie Perth and referees and I think he launched a programme his way so uh, uh, he's a he's a big jolly man so it's, it's, it's good to have a bit of cracker up and I cut <laughs> I had to do it he dropped his keys and he didn't notice and I picked him up and I said Gavin would have caught them <laughs> oh, cheesy jokes were flying was anyone there to see this great joke though no just me <laughs> and then they were just if they had it been they would be probably like this is weirdo so it never happened no it never happened um, yeah so yeah so club merch new range of Umbro jerseys tops um, the whole shebang prof uh, everybody's going to be kitted out and looking fantastic so you can get these online in the shop well not physically in the shop but you can get them online so uh, yeah the Umbro gear is uh, it's going down well it's going down a tree Except for the ironed on crests, which aren't popular at the minute. No. No, they're not popular. The stitched on ones are better because there's a couple of, couple of letters being lost in the wash and the, the odd crest is falling away. So. It's no fun. No, it's no fun. Um, we had our black face mask design sold out. Other still available. Black is available in the three pack. Uh, reminder of the Golf Classic, 20th of August. So golf has been a bit of a um, discussion point mm. on our chat lately and I hate it. With yeah. passion, I fucking hate golf. Even Lee O'Reilly went down about golf there at the end of the interview. Well, Jeez. specifically pitch and putt. I just can't get myself into it because I'm terrible. Mm. 
I, I genuinely remember we used to go down the spa well <clears throat> the club I genuinely the club went further once than the bar <laughs> club went flying bar went nowhere horrendous uh, but here's a random thing as well do you remember you and I went to Rosetown one time this was in the first year of the podcast uh, we went up to quiz Sam Bowen and Sean Boyd okay. and I did the official interviews with them as well for the yeah. club social media well, I asked him a question that day, so I'll come back to that in a moment. Okay. So, on Twitter recently, he photoshopped a picture of himself playing for Malaysia, right? Okay. And he said, I can't remember what he said, something like, am I the new top defender or centre-back or something? And then, so someone on Twitter, who obviously follows the Malaysian national team, pointed this out. And then he started speculating, is he going to declare for Malaysia or something? And then he followed up a tweet... This time in Malaysian language, for some reason, he's been speaking English before then. So I hit the translate and it said, If you listen to this Robbers interview in 2017, he has already pledged to play with England instead of Malaysia, despite being born there. So let's move on for now. And he linked to my interview with him. No way. Where I asked Sam, I said, I know it's dirty days, but in the future, if it ever, if it ever comes up, would you play for Malaysia or stay with England? And he said, no, I'm English, so... He might get a game from Malaysia, yeah. you never know. Don't think he'd be knocking yeah. on the door of England anytime soon. Yeah. No offence, Sammy. I don't understand how your man on Twitter tagged me. Like, how did he know I did that interview? It's called research, bro. No, you dived right in. There's nothing on my Twitter profile that says I do... I True, work for yeah. Robbers. Yeah, oh, you're being watched. Yeah. Yeah, so golf. 20th of August. So get your teams in for that. We have uh, the Premier League that has returned... And of course, some believes that football was back, mm-hmm. but it's not back until you're banjo before morning. <laughs> Simple as that. That's what James Lowe said on Twitter. I said, that is the criteria. That's it. Are we banjo before morning? No, football's not back. Simple. Yeah. So, yeah. Thoughts um, on the RDS driving uh, Liverpool game, Garrett. Why would you watch a game have from you seen your car outside a ground? In a different country, Have you seen rather them? than from the comfort of your own home, if you can't actually go to the game. I don't know. Imagine. Makes imagine, no imagine sense. being there. I'd, I'd rather. I'm not even gonna say what I'd rather. Did you ever see the Dark Knight Rises? Of course. Yeah. Did you ever see when Bane blows up the stadium, <laughs> and all the ground just swallows everybody up? Yeah. More of that, please. <laughs> So you're you're not a fan of people decking you out multiple houses and oh I was looking at this last night red flags and cardboard co- I was stuck on their front the front of their, t- their gaffs like having beers with Mo Salah who's a oh, Muslim man. it's just cringe beyond belief oh man I'm tingling here it's disgusting mm. it's a certain type of fan isn't it mm. but one uh, thing we can learn from if we do start behind closed doors in the League of Ireland, I think the banners are the, the flag bag, banners and flags across the front seats are a great idea. Makes the stadium. It does look a lot better. Makes the stadium look a lot far less empty. You gotta have the audio on as well. If you're gonna watch closed doors football, mm. I think you gotta have some sort of crowd noise. It's just horrendous without it. It really is. I think so anyway. Um yeah, so we're going to set up our York Strehler interview. He's a friend of Fikers from Eintracht Frankfurt. And, uh, 
Rennie that goes back a long time now he's actually been going to Rovers since 2003 and he's a member now so we reckon he's the only truly foreign overseas member with no Irish blood and he's never lived here so uh, we have Jörg Strehler so Jörg your, your Rovers connection goes back quite a few years in uh, 2002 you met the infamous Rennie and it spawned yep. the, the Eintracht Rovers brotherhood so tell us a bit about that and how you met I was uh, I think According to, to my notes, I think it was in 2003, and I rem really remember the, the, the last occasion, the, the first occasion when I met him. Um, in those times, I was responsible for the new fan uh, branch of Eintracht Frankfurt uh, for the away matches. And uh, there was one guy whose name nobody could, uh, could uh, spell, and so I, I contacted him in, in the train to, to Freiburg. And uh, it turned out this was Michal, and uh, with all the, he was far better prepared for, for our away trip than we were, and this was the, the beginning of a, of a great friendship. Can you remember what your first Rovers game was, and do you have any lasting memories of your trips to Ireland uh, following the hoops? Uh, um, no, I, I, I don't know the, the first match to be honest. Uh, this was in, in the old days, I think it was Torca Park where we played and I don't, I only have uh, remembrance to to the the surrounding there and uh, how to get there and uh, meeting in the pub uh, before and, and the matches itself. But I don't know uh, which teams we played at that time. Um, I have uh, memories um, to the away trips to Finn Hobbs to Cork and the the great uh, Europe League match in uh, Tottenham. So this was great. And away in Bray when Rovers made the championship, I think it was in 2010. Are there any players that have stood out in the games that you've seen at Rovers? Ah, oh, no, no, no remembrance on that. It's That's uh, too far too far away to be honest and um, when and why did you decide to become a Rovers member um, oh, it's just a matter a matter of, of, of the com commitment to, to the club um, I um, after um, with with me all uh, and getting the connection to 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 Schamburg Rovers and Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, which were in the same situation those times, both were struggling in the first division or struggling in the in the second divisions, both fighting hard to come back to the place they belong to. Um, I, I felt uh, that uh, both clubs um, are very close to each other with with their destinies and and their, their fight to to come back. And so um, Rovers definitely are my um, my club apart from Eintracht Frankfurt and so it was clear to me to um, to to show the commitment to the club by by becoming a member and um, to be honest my my friends helped me a bit they uh, in with last year I, I got the membership from them and this year I I could um, uh, um, extend it for the future and as an overseas member how do you think we could improve our 400 club model in any way and 
what way does it compare to your own club structures? I, um, I, I think it's 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 hard to compare that um, because um, Eintracht Frankfurt they at the moment they are very close to to get I think eighty thousand uh, members. Um, and due to the very successful last years in the Europa League in the last years, um, they, they have uh, very good um, international visibility. And um, I think that that's why it's, it might be hard to, to compare both the two clubs in, in terms of their uh, international um, approach. Um, I think it's... I don't know how to how to to Im, Im improve that for for the overseas members. I think you you, you must you must have a contact and you 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 must uh, be already in in love with the club, and then to 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 get then the, the next step to become a member. And I don't know if if it could uh, work the other way around by by advertising or so. So um, just I don't have. A, Really, I don't have a clue how to how to, to make that to to maybe maybe with the uh, with the overseas um, uh, with the the expats in in maybe in Germany or in the US or wherever that that um, rovers could establish a connection there and then uh, improving the the commitment by by those guys, but um, I can't. Um, can't compare that with with Eintracht Frankfurt, to be honest. And if somebody was thinking of becoming a club member of Shamrock Rovers and they were on the fence, what would you say to somebody to convince them to uh, take the plunge and be a part owner of the club? Oh, I think it's a matter of um, just a matter of, of, of commitment and uh, and honor and um, and the love to the club. It's. Um, um, I think it's for me personal. Uh, it. I have no no um, advantages by by being a club member in terms of um, of um, of tickets or, or something else. It's just um, I'm I'm proud being a member and um, and that's that's it. Yeah. So I don't know if there's if there's any. Um, step beyond to 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 establish a um, a better um, binding of overseas fans to the to the club. So Rovers won the FAI Cup for the first time since 1987 last season. Eintracht won it in 2018, also after a 30-year drought. So there's some similarities there. You also made to the final in 2006. So tell us about the the Eintracht job movie and the road trip and the Mini Cooper. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I wasn't in that uh, in the Mini Cooper. Uh, it was uh, Mihal and uh, a close friend Peter, and they they made the trip to uh, to to Berlin those years. I was um, a bit involved in the preparation because it was a car from uh, which was. Um, Sponsored by Eintracht Frankfurt with with the the Eintracht logo, and uh, we have a very good some some friends good connections to the club, so they arranged that for for the project to, to get the Mini Cooper uh, for that. The the trip itself um, 
um, was, as far as I heard from Mihal and Peter, um, legendary and <laughs> full, a lot of fun for them. And and the movie, if you've seen it, it's uh, it's it's great, great fun. Starting in uh, in Frankfurt, um, um, having showing the scenes in 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 the cup final that we unfortunately lost and uh, then coming back to Frankfurt and being celebrated so that's perfect when we won our first cup in 32 years in November it was mm. unbelievable joy and emotion we, we still don't stop talking about it so what was it like for you on Eintracht when you won your first cup since 1987 1988 uh, I, I I'm, I'm very sad that I could not arrange coming over for, for that. It was uh, two Frankfurt guys from the uh, Shamrock Adler uh, fan club who, who came over and they, they are still full of joy and, and very happy to, to, to be able to, to witness that, that, that great success. And I can really, being full-hearted um, supporters of our clubs, um, it's it's hard to believe that the emotions are are really the same. Um, for us, it was in 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 Berlin when when Eintracht Frankfurt beat Bayern Munich. Um, maybe the it was it was so unlikely to to win against uh, Bayern Munich. They have um, um, many times more of money and 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 people and support in. in uh, in, in Germany, so that it was very unlikely to, to win the cup, and uh, it was even more enthusiastic to uh, to, to see how how we beat them. And but uh, the cup win of the Rovers was um, as far as I as, as I could could uh, watch that um, it was hard enough uh, as well with penalty shootout. And uh, the situations in the last minute. So I think must must have been absolutely comparable being in the stadium and and witnessing uh, the beloved club winning winning the first title after a long time. The Bundesliga was the first top European league to resume since the shutdown from the coronavirus. Was it a challenge to get things moving again behind the scenes? I think. For for supporters, um, getting uh, the the season restarted um, for many of the supporters, it's 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 a hard thing to um, to have a so-called um, home match or so-called away match uh, without having the um, the um, without having a true home or away match. It is not a true match as it is uh, happening in the stadium which normally uh, is has to be crowded with our fans and it is just the the stadium without anybody and uh, hearing uh, the, the team uh, being in the stadium without the support of, of the supporters is it's very hard for for many of our fans uh, including myself for me it's, it's very depressing to to watch that on on TV, and most times I, I really I, I don't want to watch it live on TV because it really gets me sad to see our wonderful stadium without fans. 
what are your hopes and expectations for the rest of the season and are there any clubs looking to try and sign your star players um yeah i think uh being Anschau Frankfurt, it's it's always uh, trying to to get uh, very good players which are under undervalued by the rest of the world and trying to to making them better and 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 then uh, getting them to 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 clubs with with more money. So we we could do that with with our um, strikers in the last year, and um, it is very likely that we will lose uh, um, players again. And so we, we would again have to, to look for for new players. I think it's the same with with Rovers on, on maybe on, on a different level. But uh, that's that's the way um, clubs like ours have to have to play. It's but not- I don't know uh, players in particular who we who we might lose after the season. You talked about uh, watching the games on TV with no fans and how it's it's not the same. How are the ultras coping with being locked out of uh, Volstadion? Because they have a reputation for being fiercely loyal and travelling in huge numbers. Yeah, I, I can't speak for, for the ultras. And uh, what I see is that they are um, uh, respecting the rules, which means we... Uh, nobody is is close to the stadium, and uh, so no no crowds and uh, and uh, no no cheering around the the club uh, around the stadium. So they 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 just respect uh, the rules, and uh, we we all hope for um, for better times maybe with a with a new start in in, in the new season with. Um, with more fans, <laughs> even more fans than now being allowed in the stadium. We lost one of our most famous fans recently in Big Deck. Uh, I believe you travelled with him on the Hoop Supporters Club bus before. I, I can't remember um, having travelled with him, uh, but um, I really remember every every match I was at Rovers in 2003, the first match that uh, Michael that Mihal introduced me to uh, Big Deck was was uh, was there, and um, he was um, he, he was for me he was one um, one sign that I am in in at Schamburg Rovers. He was wherever Rovers were, Big Deck was was there too. When normality finally resumes in Ireland. Over here, will you travel and take in a Rovers game, maybe even a Dublin derby? Oh, I, I don't, I don't care which which match that would be. It's uh, for me uh, the most important is to, to come over as soon as possible and uh, and watch the matches again and uh, and meeting uh, the the dear friends of Hamburg Rovers. No matter what what match that would be. I think that's perfect. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about. <laughs> ah, maybe, maybe uh, having a beer in Dublin we could talk about a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right, thanks very much. Uh, okay, bye bye. Yeah, so that was York, and uh, the the connection goes back two thousand two, two thousand three, um, where the the Eintracht job that he spoke of was actually a, a movie that 
Rennie produced for Eintracht Frankfurt and um, it was in the lead up to the 2006 one they got given a mini to do a road trip I had the Frankfurt crest on it uh, it, it it goes back a long way, so it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting connection we have there. It's probably one of the stronger ones because you have the yeah. Shamrock. They call themselves Adler, where we we be hoops, they be Adler, which is eagle. So you did use that sh- word, yeah. You have the Shamrock Adler connection there, and it's 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 really cool. So uh, there's always a ticket for good hoops in Frankfurt if you ever go over. I think we've only scratched the surface there. There's a Definitely, lot more yeah. stories to tell. And as you said, they'll come over and have a beer with us. And yes, especially when the beers are involved. We're going to get far more stories out of this because they're a fascinating club, Frankfurt, aren't they? They are. They're possibly the best supporter club in Germany as regards to eight, like 18,000 members. That's insane. That's insane. They travel mm. in numbers, left, right and centre. Have you seen the numbers? They outnumbered Lazio. Uh, they travel, I think they brought like 12,000 to, to London for Chelsea. Crazy crazy numbers so really impressive club and uh, in case anyone wondering why Jorg couldn't make the cup final his mother was actually in surgery so that was a fair enough excuse otherwise yeah. he would have definitely been over here but they did have a. Uh, they sent over some delegates yeah. they, they took it in and they loved it so he speaks better Irish than I do German which <laughs> puts me to shame but there you go Yeah. so I think that's it for this week prof uh, we had the fantastic Jorg on we had Chris Andrews we Littered with interviews with Leo Riley. Littered with interviews this this week. So, any more info that we have coming out on the league, the resumption of the league, we will keep you updated. So, possibly only two more podcasts before Rovers play a competitive game. All going well. Getting the feels. Yeah, so that is it for today. So, um, yeah, we will leave it at that and keep on hooping. See ya. See you.